So every time uh, I get in our little hatchback and zoom on down the highway or go around a curve, Chloe has to tap me on the shoulder and say, Luke, you're not baby driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you like those, you do those like <laughs> screeching reverse oh, turns. Oh, yeah. Little J turns. <laughs> you know, backing out of your Shoot, driveway. Luke, Luke, you're not oh, baby yeah. driver. <laughs> the, I have to say, the scene where he does the chase backwards where he like drifts yeah yeah he's oh well, no oh, no, no when he's, he's yeah, 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 yeah. driving backwards yeah, the whole yeah. time he's in reverse well in and, Mercedes. and he right. did a that was, lot of those stunts himself really not for all of them like the, the like more the driving complicated, yes really yeah wow i could see if i was doing a movie like that though and you had the safety and the yeah. um budget that I would want to learn how to do those driving stunts. <laughs> he didn't do everything. <laughs> he did. Uh, I, I'll make it clear. He didn't do all of them because there are some of those that really are only capable or possible by some of the best drivers in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what they had. But he did a majority of them himself. Huh. That's interesting. So, wow. And I always wonder, how do you perfect, how do you become the best driver in the world? Do you just get, you just drive, man. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story. The podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. Well, today we're talking about um, the film Baby Driver, Mm -hmm. which really is one of my favorite films, one of my favorite movies, definitely one of my favorite movies that has come out in the past five years, Mm -hmm. um, which it came out- Two years ago. Two years ago. 17. Yeah. So definitely one of my more recent- favorite movies. Um, but really I just, every time I watch it, I just, I love it. Um, and I think Ben, you had seen it before. I saw it in the theater with, with okay. a friend Got it. and, um, and then rewatched it recently. Right. To and then Alex, this. And I watched he, it in preparation in for preparation for it, which we do episode. a lot mm-hmm. just because we're talking about it. doesn't mean we all have seen this, seen the film Multiple a dozen times, times. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm the newbie. I'm the newbie on yeah. this one, which I did enjoy it. it. It was well made. Um, you know, I, um, I, I enjoyed it partly on a production level. Yeah. You know, working in, like, we make music videos and other other types of uh, film work. And, um, you know, in producing music videos, you're always doing things and, you know, obviously timing it to the music and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And this film is sort of a two-hour-long music video. Very much. You know, that's yeah. kind of what they, what they built it around, which I thought was actually the thing I thought was so hilarious. At the end was when, when they play the song Baby Driver. Yeah. That it's like Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yep. That's the director's yeah, the director. writer's name. That he probably heard that song and said, I want to do a movie about Baby Driver, but what if he's a getaway driver? And what if he does that <laughs> to music? And so it's oh, like probably. this big, yeah. it's like yeah. this big circular, circular inspiration. Uh, you know, yeah. fourth wall. It is breaking, the most cinematic music you know. video ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and, and I think the thing that's interesting is just the divide that I found uh, talking with people uh, before we recorded this podcast was how many women. Uh, seem to not like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, all of our wives don't really yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that was interesting to me because when I saw it, I saw it with a friend, um, guy friend. And um, we, uh, you know, we both left and, and had uh, positive feedback on it. And, and the reason um, that I liked it uh, on the first viewing um, was the fact that the story had this self-aware element to it, right? Yeah. Because we've seen movies where 
robbers are idolized, yeah. right? You can watch Ocean's Eleven, or you can. There's a lot of examples of this. It's kind of like the Robin Hood movie. Yeah. But basically, the way it works is that the quote good robber is less bad than the really bad robber. Mostly right. in that he doesn't want to kill the the prisoner. Right. Or that he's threatening the woman or that. And the way that the good robber is preserved is that he doesn't kill anybody. Right. right. Like the good robber can never kill anybody. That's yeah. one of the rules of those movies. He still um, lies and cheats and steals. But right. And maybe kill. he gives some money to his poor grandmother yeah. who's in a wheelchair. Or he's or doing it for a good cause. Right. Think and, of and in this Walter movie. Walter from Breaking Down. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm running a meth empire, but I'm doing it for my family. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Wait, don't Mexican drug lords do it for their families too? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, but in this movie, it starts out with that very scenario, which is. This getaway car driver named Baby, and he's working for Kevin Spacey, who's the best mob boss in cinema. Does a really great job in this movie, even though he I might think be the best mob boss in, in real, real life. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of thought that rewatching is like, man, Kevin Spacey's <laughs> really gotten kinda, burned. Yeah, because yeah. you can't watch him without thinking about stuff. But yeah. anyway, but it starts out with he's this getaway car driver, and he's a little bit purer, mm-hmm. right? Right from the beginning. Um, well, that's part of the name the, Baby. Too. The Bats character, the uh, uh-huh. played by Jamie Foxx, who does an incredible job. The acting oh in this movie so good. is, is really, really good. Is really and the writing good. is really, really yeah. good. Um, but Jamie Foxx says, you know, this kid's not like us. He, yeah. he, in a, it's a, a very good scene. And basically, it's setting up that very Robin Hood plot, which is um, Baby Driver's actually a good kid who's good because he never pulls the trigger himself. He may right. be driving a car, but he's listening to music while other people pull the trigger. Well, but it does, you you have to understand while, why he's doing what he's doing. Right. And so it's set up in the film that basically he is, you know, even in the very first scene when he's doing the getaway drive and everything, he is doing this basically to pay back the Kevin Spacey character, which I'm blanking on his name in the movie, um, but the mob boss, because when he was a kid, he stole his car, which, you know, is not good, but he, you know, he stole his car and he got away, did all the driving. And so it obviously impressed the mob boss. But so he blackmailed him essentially saying, hey, you stole my car. You're going to work it off mm-hmm. by driving for me. So, But it wasn't just the car. It was like, there was, I don't know, something in the car. It was like drugs or something that was well, but he didn't worth a bunch of money. But he, w- yeah, but he stole but that's the what car. He, it wasn't, he, he was wanted like, the car. He wasn't just paying back like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 50 the car. grand or something. He was paying um, yeah, back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot more. But money. so you, you do have to understand that he is not doing all of this necessarily of his own free will. Right. There is an element where he they are consequences of his actions, but he is not it's it's not posed at the beginning of the movie that he is a full-on criminal that's just doing this because this is what he does, you know. Right. Well, it's sort of the the sad orphan story. I right. was an orphan and I, I And broke he was in. he is in the movie. Yeah, well he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he um you know, it's like Jean Valjean stealing his bread and getting t- sent into the pen, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um but he uh You know what I realized? What? We quote Limez a ton. <laughs> I know, really, in our show, like uh, well, almost one, one of the time an episode. I know, I really know reference Limez. Like, it's, anyway, um, sorry. Go uh, ahead. He's a hub. Um, so, but uh, no, Less so miserable. <laughs> sorry, Less miserable. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, well, and and in some way, the whole film of Baby Driver is him paying back. Yeah, that first infraction, right? right? Because 
you look at it and he, so he stole Spacey's car, had to, you know, he got blackmailed to drive for him. Obviously, was it for a decade? Like it was like 10 years, like a long time. He was paying this back. He'd get one stack of bills in exchange for the whole, his whole cut of the, uh, whatever the, the robbery was. And then, you know, but so he's like caught in this situation. You say, oh, well, I guess he's, you know, they would maybe kill him if he didn't do this. Um, so you sort of feel sympathetic at the beginning. Um, but then you realize that as the stakes get higher and higher and he gets paid up. Yeah. That's about midway through the film. He, he gets paid up with Kevin Spacey. So he's now they're square, but he's, you know, and Spacey makes it clear, you're not free really because I'm, Basically, I'll kill all the people you care about if you yeah. don't drive for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then Because he does try to get out. Once his debt is paid, he says, I'm done. Right. But then but Kevin what, Spacey so, comes in. But really, it's the microcosm at the beginning of saying, will you do something immoral at, you know, be, to pay off something immoral that you did earlier yeah. rather than just saying, well, punish me. Yeah. Because yeah, that's right. really what he's doing. He's saying, I'll right. break the law. I'll do some things that are wrong to, you know, expiate my Other, prior right. sin. But then it, then, then uh, the girl comes in, played by... Uh, Lily James. Yeah, you know, Lily James. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's great. I love her films. Um, so she comes in uh, to the story, and now all of a sudden he has something at stake, which is right. a, a hope of a future. Yeah, you know, and but as that comes in, basically the stakes just get higher. But he's in the same situation, and it's will you do something wrong in order to avoid personal pain? Right, right, and never actually pay it back. And so, and that really is the big moral question of the movie. And so, what he winds up, and and this is where, really, to me, the most interesting moral questions come in is that he comes to the point where he has to decide in order to give himself the future that he thinks he can get, he has to actually eliminate the people yeah. who are his crime partners. Right. You know, which starts with Jamie Foxx and the the married couple. So the question to me is, was he for that last heist when he says, No, I'm your driver and he gets his he gets his spot back after they find out that he'd been recording stuff and there's a little bit of a of a hang up there. He says, No, I'm your driver, I'm gonna do it. Was he planning the whole time on knocking them off and blowing the job so that they would all get and basically I don't think he was because that was part of what went through my mind is he hoping to get to blow it up and get rid of all of them so that he can be clear of Kevin Spacey no I think because it, it I think it very clearly shows it's that moment when they're parked outside of the the post office there and he sees the the worker come up mm-hmm. and there's there's that very clear exchange yeah, of he was just going to go her. along with it and he warns her and I think that was the moment mm-hmm. where he decided, you know what, I think this has gone too far. The only way I'm going to get out of this is if I end it. Well, but is it that or is it when Jamie Foxx kills the, the security guard? But that was well, after. Well, he I, kills no, the security guard and then he rams him into the thing that the, runs the pole through him. Where he right. runs the car well, into the yeah, construction that, vehicle. That all happens within a couple minutes and, of the right. It's directly yeah. connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Well, and, and that moment is interesting because connecting back to that Robin Hood persona of, mm-hmm. you know, the robber who never hurts anybody. Nobody gets hurt, so we can root for him, mm-hmm. right. which is <laughs> a fallacy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
the fact that he does kill Jamie Foxx. So whoever reviewed Butch Cassidy in the Sundance Kid, they say, you find yourself rooting for the very people who might be back at your house robbing your home as you watch the movie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so he kills Jamie Foxx's character and... Which feels dark when it, it happens. It feels like, dark right. when it happens. That's, that's, and, yeah. and, and that is the moment when, I think, Luke, you were saying... Uh, that your wife didn't. Yeah, that's when like she the lost movie. it. That's yeah, when she, she lost like, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like this. And anymore. and I kind of think that that that's interesting because that's the moment when it breaks that that paradigm of right. the clean, right. the clean. He criminal. loses his innocence. He loses his innocence, and and which the, was not real. Which was not real. Which was but, not real to begin but with. In, in the in the cons in the constructs of what he was being, that was really the point where he made a decision that he, in some ways, wasn't forced to make. Mm-hmm. You know, he well, could have just yeah, but it's kept also, doing everything being, you know, mm-hmm. under the thumb of the mob boss. But that was the moment where he took matters into his own hands. And he said, no, this is going to stop. I'm going to kill him. And then I'm going to get out of this. Because right. up until that point, he really, and I'm not excusing his actions, but he really was doing everything that he was doing because he was being blackmailed to do it. Right. But, but that was that was the first decision that he decided well, and and to me that That's is the enough. film's well, kind of what you're saying. Alex, no, he decided to drive, but but but, but because but he, he was. But that the question he isn't didn't it? escape. It's the the, he uh, he never escapes being under compulsion. Even even then, and he's been under compulsion the whole time, from the beginning. Right. But basically, the story to me is the story of baby becoming a man. Yeah. Right. Well, right. That's, yeah. And baby yeah. growing up. And when baby becomes a man, baby sins become grown up sins. Yeah. And yeah. Vi- being part of the violence, even though you just watch the guys shoot the guns in the air, you are the threat of violence becomes the reality of violence. Yeah. Right. And that that to me is what you're watching. And so like when the moment when the girl doesn't like him anymore, mm-hmm. like when Chloe doesn't like him anymore, yeah. your wife. Um, is that is that when Lisa didn't like it either? I'm curious. I, well, if it was the same I, I, point. I haven't asked her explicitly, okay. but but I think I but her really, but her big beef with the film was agency There's that no he hero. could that he could have walked away from the beginning. In other words, any that any person could have said, even if you owed all the money, even if you did, yeah. I won't be part of murder. I won't be part of right. robbery where right. people get hurt, yeah. which is totally true. Like you yeah. could totally, it would yeah. be very much more heroic to just say, I won't add more sins to my life than, yeah. than, than the other thing. But to me, a part of the thing that's interesting about the movie, morally, it goes back to the scene you were referencing, Alex, when they discover his tapes. Because right at the start of the film, he's recording conversations that the villains are having amongst themselves. And Kevin Spacey talks about, it's very clever how they do this. Okay, this movie, which we're talking about something that we haven't really give context to. This movie is, music plays in a very big role in this movie. Right. Um, and the soundtrack is great. And the soundtrack's great. Every time he's driving and whatnot, he's listening to music. And from a production standpoint, we'll talk about that later, but it, it's very amazing how they did that. Um, so music is a very big part of this. And they kind of give some backstory of why music... He has he has a, a hearing problem in that every time he yeah, doesn't tinnitus, have music... Yeah. Um, what is it? Tinnitus. Is when you have a is? ringing in your okay, ears. Okay, yeah. So, uh-huh. And he drowns it out by playing music. Um, and so, but he also makes music. So he's always recording things, 
um, around him, and then he goes and he mixes it into these tracks and whatnot. So that is some context to Ben, what you were right, say. right. So, so he's recording conversations um, that, and Kevin Spacey makes a comment about he's fast, and so he does like he's fast, yeah. he's fast, you know, makes this like, really funny track slow. out of it. Yeah, dude, was he slow? Was he slow? Yeah, and um, anyway, but part of that is um, similar to what we've talked about in our uh, third man episode was the video uh, the recordings are a way of him making the stakes of his universe light pretending mm-hmm. that what kevin spacey is talking about isn't a murder robbery right it's just me being fast right it's this kind of kitty infantile mm-hmm. vision of his life so that all the villains in it are Kitty villains, which yeah. actually he brings to a very poignant place when Spacey's nephew yeah. accompanies him in to scope out the next job, mm-hmm. and it's this little dweeby kid playing a video game, and he's he's like, yeah, you might not even have to use guns, and, he, and he's just talking like it's yeah. nothing, right? Yeah, and it points out how warped, right, right. So at the front, there, again, there's that Robin Hood facade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as the movie progresses, the reality of what's happening, morally speaking, becomes more and more uh, impressive and visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that there's actually a scene where Kevin Spacey and the villains discover his tapes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, for real criminals to be recorded, that's one of the most dangerous things you can possibly do. And so yeah, they're going right. to kill him mm-hmm. because he's made these recordings. And that's when he stands up and says, no, I'm your driver. I'm in this because he doesn't want to die. Right. Yeah. And, 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 but I thought it was fascinating how when they replay those video, those, when they replay those recordings for those villains, they're listening to themselves back made into music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the irony of who they really are, and who he has pretended that they are mm-hmm. in the recordings is the point of the movie. It's the point that he has lived in this fantasy world yeah. where Kevin Spacey is like a surrogate dad, but yeah. he's really a crime boss. Right. Mm. And he doesn't really care about him. Right. And, you know, the buddy and his girl are just some friends to listen to music to who happen to be robbers. But in reality, you know, by the end, Buddy is this dark doppelganger of himself. Right. Um, and, and that actually is something that the movie uh, goes into a little bit because at the end, what begins to happen is that he draws the girl deeper and deeper into crime so that at yeah. the very end, she's about to basically become a criminal herself yeah, if she right. hasn't already become mm-hmm. one. Yeah, And that's when he says, no, I'm going to go to prison and, right. and give myself up. Yeah, And because this film, <laughs> it's actually really clever and I, there's a pet theory of mine that there are only three villains, really, uh, three archetypal villains. And one is the evil twin. Mm. The other one is the bad dad, yeah. evil dad. And then the third is the nemesis or just the opposite. Yeah. So like in Batman and Joker, that's an opposite. It's like yeah. order and chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in this movie, the opposite of, the, of baby is bats. Yeah. Right. He's total an agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. bad dad is Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the doppelganger, the evil twin, is John the Hamm. girl and the guy, yeah. John Hamm. Mm. And John Hamm and his girl represent what baby and Deborah could become. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. If yeah. they really did become yeah. Bonnie we're and lovers Clyde. on the run, it's Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. 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 And part of the movie, and to me, that's part of the brilliance of the movie is that Bats dies kind of suddenly. Yeah. 
Well, the real a, the real enemy he confronts is who he could be. Could be. Well, and that's why John Hamm is the villain at the end. Right. Well, and it's interesting too when you think about in the film, each one of the uh, the three gangsters that he helps eliminate or that die as a result of his actions also call forth their own death. Like Bats says, drive, drive, drive. And so right. he drives forward right. and rams him into the tr- car, which yeah. kills him. Right. Um, Ham's character, um, he, you know, he's, I don't know, I guess they're in a head-on car fight or whatever. Yeah, and the he, car fight. You know, that, yeah, garage. Um, Although he even gets out of the car, so that didn't kill him. Well, and remember, he shoots the gun by his ears yeah, right at the yeah, end. And that, yeah. to me, is where the film really did his hearing, yeah. escalate yeah. a little bit. Because uh-huh. I thought, this is a very clever movie, uh-huh. whoever right. put this together. Yeah. Because yeah. the fact that there's this reenact, what started his life of crime, mm-hmm. right. it was the car wreck with his mom and dad where he got the tinnitus. Yeah. Yeah. The fact yeah. that it comes full circle with mm-hmm. taking the music from him. Right. Yeah. And, and getting the music from him is the thing that cleanses him, yeah. right? Yeah. The music, yeah. in a way, is like the disease. Yeah. Him Which, being checked out, him being es- escapism from the So this is going multiple weeks end. running now, but it ties into our, our conversation of escapism yeah. in art, which I thought of, actually, because I was walking out of the grocery store recently, and I saw this car go by, and there was this real, like, sappy kind of, you know, pop, song playing from this car that drove by and it i was just struck by the the sort of dichotomy between reality of being in the grocery store parking lot and hearing this really (laughs) this really like euphoric like sappy pop song and i thought you know are they listening to that song just because it helps them pretend that they're not where they are yeah right you know and that's kind of what baby is with the music Right, um, and even yeah. the bats talks about like uh, songs that are ho- uh, hoax or hex songs that are curses, like Hotel California, yeah. um, <laughs> Heaven, or uh, uh, knocking on heaven, knocking door. on heaven's door, <laughs> and these others yeah. songs you don't yeah. listen to before yeah. a battle, yeah, or, right, or yeah. death, right, dangers yeah. of death. And um, anyway, I just thought about, I thought that was that was kind of. Well, uh, and there are a lot of funny one-liners in the movie too. Oh, yeah. Like when Bats is they're run, they're driving away, he's like, "That is not groovy, man. That is not." <laughs> yeah, groovy. yeah. But, um, but but part it, of but I was saying uh-huh. about like Bats, he calls him, says, "Drive," that kills him. The girl just she, you know, she is so cocky and arrogant the whole film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that she's just literally standing up. She's doing one of these like hero. Yeah, and in her mind, that's who she is. She is right. This you invincible, know, invincible like, heroine, you right. know, and she like, literally stands up full in the body middle of gunfire, in the middle yeah. of a gunfire, shooting at the cops, and like, well, she gets blown, blown to smithereens, right. you know. It's like, obvious, like, like, yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. And then the Ham's character really was only he existed basically for her. She was like a drug to right. him, and so when that gets taken away, he just becomes this you know monster, right? And then. Um, which he blames Baby for, which in a roundabout way, maybe, but it was, you know, yeah. her own doing. And he kind of falls to his own death, right. too. But anyway, it's... Um, the, the thing that I found interesting intriguing. looking at the film, too, was the way that each robbery expands the moral vision a little bit. Mm-hmm. So at yeah. the very beginning, the bank, he you barely see what's going on through the windows. Yeah. Well, and it shows them shooting the guns in the air. Right. Yeah. So the so Which that is, reflects so, kind of baby's vision of what's going on, mm-hmm. what he thinks is going on. 
right we from scare, a distance. We scare people. We take money. We scare we people. Money. We take yeah. money, and then nobody the dies. Next, right, and yeah. then the next robbery is, I believe, the armored truck. Yeah. And right. and then you have the black military veteran right. in the pickup truck, yeah, mm-hmm. who is like a quintessential American hero, yeah. right? He, it's like the it's like a, a flip side of a movie starring Denzel Washington. Like Denzel yeah. Washington <laughs> would be the guy in yes. the truck true. chasing the yes. people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like the a little, equalizer like, yeah, B side, right. like, yeah, yeah. and, and and you know, but, and in that scene, you know, baby pulls up, so he you don't see that people get killed. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's intentionally deceiving yeah. himself and then he pulls back yeah. and you see the dead body but you didn't see him get shot. Right. And then the first person, you know, fights back the the mm-hmm. black military veteran and he's, you know, this hero. Yeah. And then in the third robbery that they scout out, well, in the second one is too. when he meets the woman in the post office and he actually talks with her. Right. A victim. Yeah. And she's the one he warns away. So it's like each robbery the which the third his, one was the first one that he was more, he was he was out from under his debt, yeah. And that was the first one that he more or less was doing willingly. Yeah. He was right. being blackmailed into doing it, but well, he was not. The blackmail never went away. Yeah, That's it never did. He, he it never re- did. He, right, like the, the threat of violence. But that was the first one that was right. kind of different. Right, you know that, that he was that he was actually a bigger part. He was actually going to get a full agent. cut. You know, yeah. it was actually okay. He was going to get money. He, he was, was going to get money, and yeah. it was it was actually a a higher stakes per se for him. Yeah. Um, so well, and and this movie, one of the things that it does really well is um, just some of the tense sequences. Oh, like it's so tense. The scene yeah. in the cafe to yeah. me really stands out, mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. Deborah's pouring the coffee and mm-hmm. she spills yep. it. I think, yeah. and she, mm-hmm. you know, and then Jamie Fox is going to rob the cafe, you yep. know, and and Baby Driver stops him and and. That to me was actually the thing that I liked about the movie in, in a strange way, because um, and in this maybe I'm the opposite of um, of uh, Chloe, and and in this sense, you can have a Robin Hood story, and that's you know uh, its own thing. But what this movie did, what felt real to me, was when it did break that mirage. Right. The more it broke it. Right the more I actually liked the movie. It's like when Baby kills bats, as dark as that felt, it felt uh, more real to me. It was like what happened was the movie started to address its world Mm-hmm. In a realistic way, yeah, and well, yeah, it's more and, and more yeah, real. What it what it, it does, does more and more it, painful. It becomes more and more painful, and and it kind of yeah, it takes the innocence away from the hero, but he never really had it to begin with. It's a uh, yeah, that's well, an illusion. Instead of taking yeah. away, I, I would argue that it doesn't take it away, but it it's a realization that right. oh, he never actually was that innocent. He wasn't a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. he was. It, it it's less of taking it away and and more of a realization saying. Oh, this whole time, you actually weren't as innocent as I may have thought. Right, and now it's just now you're full blown. Right, right. You know, you now something that um, you were asking, you know, uh, uh, when when my wife uh, kind of didn't like it, and it was interesting because the thing that bothered her specifically was she said she felt like he wasn't remorseful enough at the end. Mm-hmm. So he goes to prison. And he's the model prisoner. Yeah. And all all the people on the stand say, he's really a good kid. (laughs) You know, all these things. And to me, that is kind of the irony of the film is that at the end of the day, even with all the reality that has been brought 
into play with the fairy tale, right? It starts as a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It ends as a much more real crime drama. Yep. At the end, it kind of asks you to play it both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a fairy tale. Yeah. But it is sort of real. And that Even is... Even with like them cutting to like the, the 50s vibe. Right, exactly. Right. It's, it's a dream, car. but it's real. Yeah. And that's where the film... Um, I don't know. I don't know that... I he still rode off into the like, sunset. Except I thought, like, what about his parole officer? That's right. What I, that's exactly. What I yeah. <laughs> and and that's where Baby Driver I, Two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I've heard he might make a sequel to oh, the really? film, so I yeah. don't know what that would be. But um, but that to me is where the film becomes a little ambiguous. I'm not sure if it's a, a negative per se, but I don't know that it's a positive either. In yeah. that, um, it never fully breaks the illusion of baby saying i'm a bad person yeah right at the end of the day you're still supposed to kind of believe that baby was a kind of good person in some sense but to well, me, he that's, was, i mean he that's, was in a well, way yeah, I that's mean, what there, i there take away a, from it there's a part of his character that was good-hearted i don't think uh-huh. he i i think even to though, me like in the way it's presented i i take away that he made bad choices but he he wasn't necessarily of evil he was he the things he did weren't with malicious intent he didn't you know, have a heart he of violence yeah he didn't have a heart of violence he warned the lady he he didn't want to see people die like he was pushed and pushed and pushed to these levels mm-hmm. that made him make very bad choices and at, but the, at end, the heart of it that's they, not what wait, he wanted they made him make very well, bad choices that, that made him <laughs> make, make bad choices but it made him make bad choices yeah in a way made like, means you were forced well that means you didn't make the choice. That's the thing. People like to say, oh, you were forced into making this decision. And he, my whole thing of the whole story is that he should have said, you can't make me do this. Okay, from, well, then what's the word? But you know what I'm saying. One. You know what I'm saying, though. That there, he were, was, he was not, there were mitigating not forced, factors. But he was but pressured, compelled. He but was compelled, compelled yeah. to a point. Yeah. He was pressured enough that... It's psychologically understandable. Yeah. To, to see how that would happen. Right. But it doesn't excuse it. It's right, like people right. who, like in your own life, right? When you say, well, um, I don't know, pick some example. It's easy yeah, to kind of I, excuse yourself. I, I have a drug addiction, so I'll take a little money. Or, well, it's, <laughs> like, know, it's or, like the little rhyme. Um, it's like... Um, it, um, when I was five, when years, I was five old. years old, my daddy <laughs> threw my dolly in a trunk, and so it follows naturally that I am always drunk. You <laughs> yeah, know? It's yeah. like you can, you can always find something yeah. to blame. Right for your own choices, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But and actually, I guess this is this is what um, what I missed in the film, or I think would make it better. Mm-hmm. Is like a dose of Daredevil, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a wow. dose of Daredevil. a dose of Daredevil. <laughs> like you think about like Daredevil as a character, mm-hmm. and he's the opposite, right? He's somebody out doing violence, yeah. against evil people, trying to stop them, yeah. And obviously, it's a superhero. It's a kind of a comic thing so it's not not baby driver's real real, man right right right. um but but in a real sense he's like the flip side of baby driver right we want to excuse baby driver because even though he does all these bad things he's not violent Mm -hmm. daredevil is violent doing good things Mm, and the dichotomy between those two things because daredevil he does all this stuff for good trying to do good but then he goes to the confessional it's like father <laughs> forgive me as i've you know i've heard all these people in a, in an effort to 
clean up the streets, clean up the streets or to fight crime and all this stuff. But yeah, baby driver, you know, he goes and mops the floor in the prison, but there's not, there's never really a reckoning psychologically or spiritually with the weight of saying, I'm responsible for the death of at least three people and, you know, the, Mm -hmm. you know, all the theft and the, the, all of the violence done in the wings of what he did. And and I that mean, and, and is, that's where I the think people weren't innocent. Well, no, nobody is. Nobody is though. Yeah, nobody's innocent. I think though, at the end of the day, Edgar Wright, he's a smart enough filmmaker to know the moral dimensions of the story he's telling, yeah. and the moral tensions, and Definitely, he wants to explore yeah. all of them. But he still wants to make a smash and grab thriller movie that people can watch and not think about too much. And mm. if he did what you're doing. Or saying he could do it wouldn't be in the genre. It wouldn't be in the genre. It would totally subvert the genre. Yeah, and in some ways that would be more morally true mm-hmm. because the genre itself is based on some fudges. Well, it's, it's like, like Ocean's Eleven. You can't Ocean's watch 11. Ocean's Eleven yeah. heist movies, right? You you just can't watch heist movies with anything like a you know. M- Activated moral sensibility. The only way you know, they make it, it, it like it, oceans, it, uh, they they give you an out. They give the audience an out by making the victim of the crime, Steve Wynn. Right. Basically, it's like, well, you know what? We're gonna rob people, but we're just gonna rob these big Las Vegas money yeah. bosses. You yeah. know, which is well, really not just the, that, but the Robin Hood idea. Show them that they're violent or they're corrupt. Right. Or they like, show you a thing things. like, oh, yeah. well, they deserve it. You know. Yeah. But and and actually, I would defend Robin Hood because the Robin Hood story. People say robbing the rich to feed the poor. Um, so there's even a charitable aspect to Robin Hood that that is obviously absent in these. But Robin Hood actually robbed the government. Robin Hood robbed the king. Right. He robbed the government who was taking taxes from the people. So he was reclaiming tax money. Yeah. I've heard that. I I have to say that that sounded sounded good, uh, I don't know, way back when when I heard it. As I've gotten older, (laughs) I thought, you know, I don't know that that really is very moral. I mean, nobody likes to pay taxes. I'm not sure if it's moral, but but (laughs) Nobody likes to pay taxes. Down with taxes. But, um, (laughs) But, and maybe if you were just saying it's a tyrannical government, this is just a rebellion yeah, against well, the Yeah, that's typically government. how it's presented. Yeah, yeah. Like but um, but I, underst- I understand what you're saying that the Robin Hood example maybe has more mitigating factors. I think at the end of the day, I would say that this film is an incredibly well-made movie. Uh, great acting, great script, and it's so in that sense, it's well worth watching just on a cinematic level mm-hmm. of what you're seeing. But uh, on a moral level. I would say that it is a remarkable film in the sense that, unlike many films, it actually does wrestle with some questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, even though at the end you could say that it maybe doesn't wrestle with them enough fully, Mm -hmm. um, it. But he had to leave something for the sequel. <laughs> well, mostly he wanted to have a happy ending. He wanted yeah. a happy ending, and in that way, I, and and I don't uh, disagree with that decision mm-hmm. in one way because when walking out of the theater, I was glad about the happy ending. Yeah. I wanted there yeah. to be a happy yeah. ending because you right. like the characters. But on a moral level, you would say, hmm, he he almost fully wrestles with what took place, yeah. but maybe not fully. You could probably have a whole story about what five years in the penitentiary right. actually does well, to that's, somebody. And that's just from yeah. a practical... Or what five years would have done to the girl. Yeah. Where right. she was in life. Like, that to me is the part where he he glossed 
but you can't really tell that in to bring it in well, an no, hour and forty-five minutes. But that's the kind of thing that really does happen. Mm, yeah, well, and not, also that's in not probably unrealistic. a real-world situation. She probably would have gone to jail too for uh, yeah, abetting, abetting, yeah, and his escape and all that. Too, yeah. So yeah. that probably isn't entirely accurate anyway. As well. That's just my as a but yeah. That, that so, been, that but to wrap up here, because yeah. I I feel like <laughs> this movie probably can go in circles uh, yeah. just because like we're driving in circles like we're, <laughs> like we're drifting um, naming but, him Miles uh, as his real name at the end was yes, was, yes, a, was know, like clever like he's yeah, driving was Miles yeah. Miles driver but, um, but yeah. Alex for you what what is the moral of the story for oh the, baby driver? the moral of the story for baby driver um, I don't know I mean it, it's um, it is I feel like everyone I talk to kind of has a different opinion yeah, like it's it, it's very it much where you fall. Yeah, it is. So I I found myself being a little unsympathetic by the end. You know, thinking mm-hmm. this is you know, your kind of your just rewards, I guess, you know, for the fact. But I guess the the moral of the story though, if there if there is, is that there are there consequences. are consequences. Yeah. You never escape the consequences whether in this life or the next. Right. Mm-hmm. We pay you know, it's um, Galatians six for what we we reap, we what we it. sow, and this is yeah. you know the eventuality of. And he could have, you know, you pay for it being on the run yeah. and not being able to live a peaceful life, or right. you pay for it by going In to prison. prison. Yeah, you Either pay way. you you pay for your sins, um, and you know, and not not to belittle or to to neglect the idea of mercy in a spiritual sense, but. Even even when there's just because you can be forgiven, like on a divine level, for your sins, that doesn't mean you don't reap the temporal consequences of your sins. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is something that everybody should think about because we like to think, oh well, you know, thank Jesus, my sins are forgiven. Yeah, but it doesn't mean there's not the temporal. Yeah. impact of your sins well, are not even, felt. Even on a large scale, we're all going to die because of a consequence mm-hmm. of sin. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. you know, even if we live out a very happy, peaceful life, we're going to die, which mm-hmm. is a consequence of a decision that was made. Right. Even though we have, you know, you right. know our sins are forgiven, mm-hmm. but we still, everyone is going to have to pay a consequence. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think the moral of the story um Poor baby driver is um, a journey of maturation. You know, it's about mm-hmm. yeah. like you're saying, Alex. You know, the baby grows up to be a man, mm-hmm. um, and in that way, it it as a storytelling exercise. Um, if you're interested in cinema and you want to see how to tell a story and the ways you can do it visually and non-verbally, this is an extraordinary mm-hmm. example of, of that in in cinema. So, in that sense. It uh it does that job very very well, but I think at the end, yes, you the world is is much grayer at the end, yeah, um, than it was at the beginning. But um, that's in a way, I think the genius of the film is that it actually went there. It actually right. grappled with those right. questions. Yeah, but what do you think, Luke? Well, and to disagree with Alex a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> I I have always kind no. of felt oh a little more sympathetic to him. Not to give him a complete pass on mm-hmm. his actions, because I think for me, the big moral of the story is, like we said, there are consequences. But then also, um, 
you know, I try to think about it. I try to put myself in, in shoes of the, the character sometimes of, mm-hmm. of movies and ask, well, what would I have done in that scenario? Like mm-hmm. at what point would I have said, yeah, no more, mm-hmm. you know, or would I have even allowed myself to be in that situation to begin with? Got there, yeah. So, and especially when you start to, you know, when it's just you, it's different. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that's what is, you know, when Deborah is introduced in the story, the stakes are turned up to a hundred mm-hmm. because now it's not just him. Mm-hmm. It's, her that they are threatening yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think that is another level of, oh, what would I, what would I do to protect, mm. you know? And actually, that the I highlight of the movie to me is their love story. Yeah, and those scenes where they mm-hmm. interact. Well, and the fact that, that she doesn't really leave well done. either. I I think mm-hmm. is really special. I mean, just to wrap up, I always I was sympathetic towards him just because I don't know I f- I felt like every time I watch it that you know he really his heart was was good he was just making every bad decision he possibly could mm-hmm. you know well and, and that's, i think that's there is you, you know you you do have to reconcile that mm-hmm. because in some ways what's on the inside reflects what you do mm-hmm. but at the same time you know I, I just think that he was in situations that he just continually made bad decisions even though that's not what ultimately he wanted well or, and I, I think too those bad decisions you know obviously we can talk about how he got there but it also is an example of what happens if you make decisions based on the temporal reality versus based on the eternal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, if you say, well, you know what? Moment. Nobody's going to get hurt by this. Yeah. I've got to, I'm under, you know, I'm being threatened, blah, blah, blah. I can do this. And versus long term decision making. Well, not just long term, but eternal. Yeah. Saying, well, if I do this, what does it do to my soul? Right. To yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, and that even, that can go to, you know, I know a guy who, um, who once said I, he, somebody like ordered, said they were going to get water at a restaurant and they went and got a soda. Okay. So it's like one of, it was not me, but it was, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's one of the like simplest things you think, right. You know, who, oh, I see. what does like, it hurt? A, okay, what does yeah, it matter? Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, but on a, like spiritual level, you say, well, that's an infraction. It's, a it's theft. Yeah. Right. For, but you've become a thief in exchange for $2. Right. Right. You know, like what have you given up? Two fifty, man. Oh, yeah. $3, uh, $3 these days. I know. <laughs> but, but you know what I right. mean? Like what yeah. have you given up? Yeah. Because you said, oh, it doesn't matter. Right. That you actually get into, you know, incriminating behavior. Right. On a soul level. Right. Because you say there's no temporal harm. Yeah. And and I'll say, too, that Edgar Wright's writing in the film, the scene I think of is the cafe scene where yeah. they go into John Hamm's background mm-hmm. and Bats kind of breaks down yeah. how he fell. Mm. And, and he was like acting, accurate. Yeah, the acting and the writing in oh, that. Yeah. I mean, it, the, his knowledge of how you would get to that place in mm-hmm. life is mm-hmm. incredibly not fake right. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. like so much of the film is romanticized right, right. well very real and so, you yeah. know jamie fox i have a list and i've shared this in the past uh-huh. uh, i have a list of actors who do such a good job playing their character and most of the time it's villains that you just cannot wait to see them done in <laughs> jamie fox in this movie is one of those i like yeah. it's you just He's a good villain it's just one. so yeah. bad but yeah, yeah anyway true. check out this movie if you are 
of an older audience. It's definitely not a sit down, watch it with your family. The, I did want to touch on the technical brilliance of this movie. The production. It is so cool. Really. So like we said, music is a big part. It really is a feature length music video. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they actually shot everything live to music with big speakers. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't match up, they would reshoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really brilliant. There's a lot of cool little things that they've hidden throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it is one of the more violent part of the movie, but when they go to that, uh, the weapons meet up where they're getting yeah, all the guns, house, all the guns and are they hitting. do it to tequila and like oh, yeah, the way, right, like yeah. every single gun click, every single footstep is like to the music. It's, yeah. it's just brilliant. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, definitely very, very technical, a lot of technical mastery, which is on display. honestly probably another reason why it's such a favorite for me mm-hmm. as yeah. a filmmaker. I really appreciate that. Right. Really yeah. appreciate yes. that. Yes. So that adds another level of, of appreciation for me outside mm-hmm. of the story level. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it is amazing. So yeah, definitely check out the movie. If you know, older audiences, I would, I would recommend mm-hmm. it. Um, and today, uh, we would like to, this is something new that we're doing, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you'd our, like to support the show or Alex, you, you well, yeah, we have, we have a new partnership with audible.com. If you visit the link in the show description, you can get a free audiobook download, uh, and it helps support the show. And, um, when you sign up and, uh, the, the book I would love to recommend people, listen to there's a couple different versions of it because it's public domain and there are a couple different audiobooks on audible you can get um but it's by one of my favorite authors gk chesterton who wrote a lot of mystery stories and the man who knew too much is unique in the approach it takes to mystery because horn fisher who's the protagonist um is sort of like he's like a little bit of a conscience of of the Western world, I guess is the way I view his character and um, deals a lot with issues of guilt and conscience. And I Mm -hmm. think in talking about baby driver and how babies sort of the, his conscience was at first clean, even though he was sinning, like whether or not you feel guilty or not, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with whether you are guilty. Yeah. Um, And uh, the man who knew too much, uh, which has no connection to the Hitchcock film. It's just he wrote those books before Hitchcock made the movie. Yeah. Mm. Same title, but I recommend visit the link in the show description uh, and you can get your free audiobook. Yeah, and it does help the show. So if you do like um, listening to what we're talking about, we appreciate everyone who listens. It also is super helpful if you leave us reviews in whatever platform mm-hmm. you're listening, uh, five stars, and uh, you know you can comment. We'd like you to go... Know. Leave a review that yes. is positive. That is, if, you know, if you're thinking about leaving a negative review, just just go get a drink first. Just go get a drink. Think about you know, maybe it. Maybe you know, go for a walk and or just not. You know, you can email us negative comments. Yeah, my mother always said, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing else. So you know, no, but, uh, please do. You can also email us at contact at moralofthestorypodcast.com. And we'd love to hear your comments. If you have ideas for episodes that you would like to hear our uh, talking about, our, our, our opinions on, we'd love to hear those. Yeah, and uh, share with your friends, family, and enemies, as we say here. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. The Moral of the Story with Alex Wolliver, Luke Taylor, and Benjamin Wolliver. Please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit moralofthestorypodcast.com.
Copyright 2019 Moral of the Story Media.